0: Welcome to Special One Cards Podcast, a weekly podcast on the soccer market, soccer cards. We talk about prospects, we talk about products, and we look at some data to help you make some buying decisions for the future. Hosted by me, Paulo, on a weekly basis. Look for special guests occasionally, and don't forget to follow me on Instagram, at Special One Cards. Looking forward to interacting with all of you. welcome everybody episode 23 wow we're at episode 23 already this is kind of crazy 23 is a meaningful number for me uh given that is my birthday number so meaningful number anyways guys thank you for joining once again appreciate all of you coming on this is being recorded in a few segments uh but it will be out on wednesday so you're probably listening to it today i hope so thank you again for listening If you're not following me on Instagram, make sure to follow me at Special One Cards. The other thing I ask of you, if you could uh, review, like, share, whatever those things are in terms of uh, the podcast, that would be great. It helps me kind of move up the list a little bit instead of being on the bottom. Um, Like I said, I don't have a ton of listeners yet. Uh, We do probably about 150 listens uh, an episode, which is pretty good. Uh, for somebody that's doing this in organic matter and not, uh, I'm not promoting or, uh, paying for paid promotion, uh, here and there on, on Instagram, I have done a few promotional ads and things of that nature, but generally I don't, but you know, today I want to do a few things. Uh, I want to talk about a, a, a few different topics. We do have a guest today as well, a very special one indeed. Uh, that's going to be called, I think going forward, we're going to call that the special ones the special ones uh, section for guests, so um, so it's cool. And if, if you guys are ever interested in kind of being on the show, let me know. I don't have, uh, let's say, a set list of folks that I'm trying to get on here. Obviously, I'm looking to get a few kind of uh, main, kind of focused people in terms of helping me grow my audience, but I think you guys generally do a good job of helping me do that by spreading the word. So you know, a few things I could ask again is to like share uh, the podcast with your friends and colleagues, family, whomever you want to. The other thing you can do is when I post the episodes on Instagram, if you guys could kind of throw those across social media for me, that would be great. Uh, I don't, I'm not very active on Twitter. I do have a Twitter, but I just don't use it enough. So um, any help is appreciated, obviously, but I want to get into a few things today. Um, We've done uh, the last Let's say a week or so uh, since the last podcast, we've done quite a bit of different kind of data dives and things of that nature. I know I talked a little bit about Mason Greenwood a few weeks ago. Uh last week I did post on my Instagram, you saw some tops Merlin uh data and some other um data on uh Victor mosamine I tried to do a comparison between his tops and his Panini rookies. And I kind of want to break those down for you guys. So I looked at December, January, and February sales for Victor Osebine cards. uh, And I tried to break it down also by the representative manufacturer, that being Topps and Panini. The other aspect of this, I want you guys to understand because there's some people have been questioning some some of my data, which is fine. It's good to debate. I am using Card Ladder and I use 130.2 as well. And I look at eBay and I take a look at POP reports on PSA. So, you know, obviously there are obviously going to be mistakes in the data sometimes, but I don't think they're significant enough to change kind of the outcome. So for me, I'm using Card Ladder. I'm looking at verified sales of those cards. Uh, Even 130 point sometimes does not have actual verified sales on their website. You may think they are, but they're not. I've tested this out trust me, they post sales that actually didn't happen uh, in some situations. I don't know which algorithm they're using or how they're populating, but there are some errors in there. So be wary of that. Do your research, as I always say. So let's talk about Victor Osemane a little bit today. Uh, I'm going to talk about a few different players today, just to kind of recap some of my posts. I'm also going to talk about a post I'm going to be putting up either on Wednesday, the day of this recording will release, or it might go up Thursday. We'll see. I might actually wait because I have quite a few posts going up tomorrow on Instagram. I think there's two posts going up, so I don't want to kind of flood the market here. So in looking at Victor Osamine, I looked at sales from putting in tops exclusively for February. Again, I looked at December, January, and February, total sales, total cards. Now those breakdowns were not only by, Uh, certain rookie cards or anything. It was basically any Victor Rosamind card that was on the market. So in December you had, and you're gonna see what happens here. December you had 51 sales of uh, verified Victor Rosamind cards. January you had 74. And then in February, you saw that spike to 132 cards sold uh, across uh, those platforms that Card Ladder is covering. Um, It's interesting enough because it seems like the hobby's pretty split. When I look at, I tried to narrow it down between tops and panini rookies and uh for uh, for february at least i did i think i probably did a good job of that uh, you had 66 tops merlin sales and you had 59 panini sales which are the mosaic syria releases and there's a few variations in there some notable things to consider here you had um on february 25th you had a raw or right let's actually go backwards a little bit here so february 15th we had a black refractor psa 9 out of merlin that sold for 652 dollars now this morning i did see a card it was a gold of 50 i think it was a psa 10 that was at 772 or 777 shout out to Jimmy salt i think it's his card at Jimmy salt um 652 on the black refractor PSA 9. I don't know if that card will go for now, it probably a lot more than that. Um, then on the 22nd of February you had a gold atomic PSA 9 sell for 300. Now, interesting enough, uh, 4 days later on the 26th, you had a gold atomic PSA 9, same card, not the same serial number on the card, sell for 450. So in the matter of 4 days, you saw a card sell for $150 more. Now looking at raw sales on the 25th, you had a raw gold sell for 350. You had a PSA nine gold on the 26th as well, sell for 585. And on the 22nd, like I had said before, there was another sale for 399 uh, Merlin. So the prices have kind of been all over the place in terms of the PSA nine golds. You had a a sale of 399 on the 22nd. Four days later, on the 26th, a Merlin gold PSC nine sold for 585. So that's a 200, almost a $300 increase, uh, excuse me, $200 increase almost um, in four days for that gold. So the hype is there, the hype is real. And I think when I made this post, I was talking about, is he too expensive now? And it looks like the bull may have sailed on that. He may be too expensive unless you find some deals or if you find some numbered stuff, in kind of some bargain boxes that shows. So, again, we'll look at the Atomic again. Again, the Atomic on the 22nd sold for 300 at PSA 9. That's the gold Atomic Refractor. Then on the 26th, it sold for 450 a PSA 9 as well, the same card. So you had $150 difference there. So the market is reacting uh, accordingly. It's interesting that a gold Atomic, PSA 9 sold for $450, like I stated, and then a regular gold at a Merlin sold for $585 on the same day me personally i'd rather have the gold atomic i think that is one of the most beautiful cards in the hobby but i just wanted to talk a little bit about victor osamine the hype is real his pricing has gone kind of bananas uh, and like i said there is an auction today uh, i'm not sure it may have already ended but it's a it's a gold uh i think it's a psa 10 osamine of uh, 50 if i remember correctly but it was um at 777 last time i looked so in the matter of like a week and a half, we've seen these cards absolutely go nuts. Uh, so there is opportunity, right? You got to look through your stuff. A lot of people have this stuff kind of lying around. Um, and now hand in hand with that, on the next day I posted, you may have seen this. I, po- I made a little post about Giacomo Raspadori, and why he's relevant. So Raspadori is a Sasulo. uh He was acquired from Sasulo by Napoli this past summer. Really good player. And the reason why I'm looking at them, and you, this isn't something, this isn't, you know, this isn't a, I'm trying to find the correct word here to use, but this isn't something that you have to be really smart to understand. All right. If you've got a striker at, and Napoli is not a low level team, they're going to win Serie A. I think they pretty much already won it. You have to start thinking about teams that aren't, let's say, the top flight teams or the top level teams like the cities, the Real Madrid's, the Barcelona's of the world the Uniteds of the world, um, the Chelseas of the world, where they have endless kind of budgets to spend on players. You got to start looking at players that are on teams that maybe they don't start as much as they should, or there's somebody in front of them that that may be better at the moment. So in Napoli's case, right now, Osamain is the better option uh, instead of Giacomo Raspadori, But... Osamine's probably gonna get sold this summer. He's probably gonna get moved this summer. So you have to start thinking about why it's important to look up kind of the backups or the next in line to take over that spot. Where will the goals come from, right? At Napoli, after Osamine is gone, Mustang is definitely gonna be gone, but I, I can foresee him being gone um, this summer. So look at Raspadori. You know, his average uh, rookie ticket, uh, the base, is seven to 14 bucks. Uh, I picked up a cracked ice origins of his which is number 23 last week i think it was for 75 dollars. i paid for that card so a little bit more money than i want to spend but you know i feel like the risk is worth it there uh you look at raspadori he's got stuff in mosaic syria he's got stuff in chronicles and he's got obsidian right one of his notable obsidian sales was a etched to 10 it was a psa it sold for 56 dollars on the 27th of uh, February, so a few weeks ago. Now, his uh, in Chronicles, he's got various different rookies from Origins to uh, XRs uh, to rookie. I think he's got a rookie ticket. I can't remember that. I, I could be wrong there. But his XR cracked ice of 23. Uh, PSA 9 sold for $97 in January on the 18th this year uh that's a really cool card as well those are really tough to grade if you've seen the xrs at a chronicles his mosaic at a Syriad, number to 49 a psa 10 recently sold for 200 on february 10th so somebody's probably looking at the same things that i'm looking at in terms of players next in line to kind of take over positions where a, a player might be leaving so I think Raspadori is a smart buy right now if you want to hold something long-term. And in this hobby, long-term is usually more than two months. Uh, I suspect he uh, might come out guns a-blazing in the fall once the season starts for next year, uh, for 23-24. So take a look at his card, see what you can find. He will be in the Sasu- Sasulo kit. Sasulo kit. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm usually pretty good at pronouncing. But uh, if you look at Raspadori's numbers this year, He's had a decent season, I have to say. I have to say, in 23 games this year, uh, across all, comp- all competitions, that includes Champions League and Serie A and Italian Cup, as I said, he's scored five goals and had two assists. Uh, what impresses me most, though, is four of those goals came in five games in the Champions League. So that's the big stage. So obviously he is a pressure player that performs at that level. So take a look at his cards and try to understand – uh, where there might be opportunity. That's a good way to kind of take a look at it. Um, and, and I hate to bore you guys. So I'm going over this stuff in terms of my posts that I've seen on Instagram, but I think sometimes we need to kind of discuss what I'm posting to give you a general consensus on what, on what's going on. The other post I made last week was involving Benjamin Sesko and Florian Balugan, who's a Arsenal player on loan this year. I looked at, uh, the sesco cracked ice which is numbered to 250 i believe if i can remember correct correctly in tops and at psa 10 and then i looked at a um prism epl for Gun from 2021 uh the red ice uh yes the red ice is not is not a number but it is an sp so i kind of put them in the same trajectory some people might disagree with that comparison but I thought it was probably a good way to look at it and I also was able to pick one up last week out of a value box at a at a card show for a dollar. So, you know, you go through a box, you pick out a card and you ask the guy how much is this and he says a dollar and I ask, "Well, do you, do you have other soccer?" and he says, "I have some, but I don't really collect it." And at the same time I'm kind of like, "Well, how did you get them?" He tells me he rips occasionally. And I'm kind of like, if you don't collect soccer, if you don't know soccer, you're taking a risk in having a, a card like this in here. Obviously, I paid him first, gave him the money, and left. It is what it is. I, I felt a little dirty. I'm not going to lie. But back to the comparison. So, Sesco uh, Atomic Refractor number 250 out of Merlin PSA 10. Pop count is 16. Uh, there are 12 PSA 10. So, the gem rate's about 75%, which I thought was pretty high. Uh, for those atomic refractors out of Merlin, uh, considering sometimes they're a little harder to grade. But if you go back uh, over a year ago, I think I did an analysis on Merlin versus Chrome from 2020-21. I think I had stated that the Merlin was actually grading a lot better than the Chrome, which is the the situation. So a PSA 10 in uh, the Sesco uh, atomic refractor on January 30th sold for $111, which I think... I feel like that's high, but that could be. Card gave that card an estimated value of $152. Sesco is scoring at a pace of about 100, a goal for every 119 minutes this year. Um, that was based on my post last week. If you saw, he did score a hat trick over the weekend. Uh, so that's probably impacted his minutes, obviously, per goal. Now, I've never been high on Sesco. Yes, he's athletically gifted and a big player. Uh, do I think it's going to translate to a bigger league? I'm not really sure. Uh, we'll see what happens when he's uh, in Germany next year, although there's been speculation that he could end up at United in some former capacity next season. I'm not sure if Leipzig would just sell him right away without even including him in uh, a season at the Bundesliga. So that'll be interesting. Now, Balogun is an interesting kind of uh, play or a player to look at for a few reasons. Number one, he's an Arsenal player. Number two, he's on loan. Number three, he may end up being the USA's number nine. So that's a lot of speculation there on Florian Balogun possibly becoming the number nine that the United States needs. And now I've heard, I've heard a few people tell me that he's not going to choose the United States because of England and because of Nigeria. Now, if you think about those two teams, who's in front of him in those three teams? You know, Osama, Nigeria, Harry Kane, in England. I'm not sure if Balogun's decision would be the right choice in picking either of those teams. I think his, his best option is to play for the U.S., which would be exciting uh, for all of us to get a really good number nine like that on the team. So I bought this card. I made it a dollar for low risk. I'm gonna grade it. I think it'll grade really well. Uh, The gem rate on the red prisms for the EPL prism from 2021 uh, for the Balgun is 75%, just like the Sescos, but the pop counts only eight. There's uh, six PSA 10s. The last PSA 10 on February 8th sold for $99.69. And uh, the card ladder value on that card is about $97. He averages a goal every 115 minutes. I've started to look at that statistic because I think that's an important statistic to consider when you're looking at cards. So uh, if you look at Balogun and you talk about the season he's having in, in Liga, and I know some people call Liga a, a farmer's league. So what do we call the league that Sesco plays in the Australian Bundesliga? the The kids league or the under 10 league? I'm not sure. Whatever the case may be. Uh, And I've said it constantly, Sesco's goals tally this year is probably equal to about two goals in the Portuguese League. So feel free to disagree. It's all good. But Balgun this year has 16 goals and two assists and 27 appearances across all competitions. He's been excellent, um, really uh, taking advantage of his opportunities. Beginning of the season, he wasn't a starter. And when he was coming on, he was scoring. So he's become a starter now. So, you know, I've kind of, um, if you think about these two cards and these two players, you know, and, and again, the cards are kind of, they're not direct comparisons, but I think they're close enough. When you think about Sesco, the value over the Balogun is about 57. It's a 57% premium over. Uh, in my situation, I'd rather have the Balogun. I think there's more upside there for that. Um, Susco plays for Slovenia, too, I believe, uh, on the world stage. they got a good team. Not necessarily a title contender ever at the World Cup or the European title, but could make some noise. You just never know. Um, The Susco hype machine is real. I think people are really kind of um, all in on this kid. I'm not sure why. I'm still trying to understand the few times I've watched him play. I, I don't see anything that's remarkable about him. I think he could potentially be a decent player elite. I don't think so. So, uh, And I know part of that, and I've talked about this. We talked a little bit about this last week with uh, Mike. Part of it is a Salzburg um, kind of hype machine. Everyone's looking for the next Holland. And anybody that comes out of Salzburg is deemed the next Holland that's coming through. Uh, you can go back in history and you'll see that that just isn't the case. Uh, Pat Sandaka, another guy that people were really high on. He hasn't really performed in, at Leicester and provided all those goals that he's scored. Uh, Kareem Adeyemi, you know, a guy that people were high on. He went on to Dortmund this year. What's he's got three goals, four goals? I don't even know. He had that one really good Champions League goal. So, you know, watch these players. I always talk about it. Make sure you take a watch. Do the eye test on these players before you significantly try to make uh, an investment into a player that you are not aware of, of what's going on all right so i had a post that went up uh on tuesday regarding round of 16 sales in comparison to last year um lot of debate on these uh calling my numbers out telling me that whatnot's gonna not support my uh hypotheses i i you know i'm gonna disagree i'm trying to get those numbers from whatnot now to look at them they might not give them to me they're private who knows Um, so we'll see what happens. So I compared, uh, the round of 16 in the Champions League. So last year before the second leg was played, that was my kind of caveat here. We're going to compare two times in the calendar. We're going to prepare last year before the second leg is played, but the first leg has been played and we're going to take it versus this year and see where we're at. So for last year, that was February 14th through March 27th excuse me, through March 7th, 2022. And then this year, it was the date February 13th through March 6th of 2023. So, you know, you look at the market and what and what it is and what it's been like, uh, based on the data that I uncovered uh, from Card Ladder, we saw an average daily sales volume in terms of dollars down 69.6%. Um considering the market index is down 46% it's actually not too bad I'm not and I'm not trying to be negative when I make these posts on there I'm trying to look on the bright side so you have a few things going on possibly um a few really kind of important things you, you had you have a and one of them is you had a high daily volume actually happen um during this period that superseded last year's period so one really kind of high dollar high excuse me high daily sales volume number um happened this year as opposed to last year so that was interesting to me um a few assumptions i made out of that were this like i think some people are holding cards right now and they're just not selling them i think long-term speculation is positive for the hobby to grow um i've always said this i don't sell enough of my nicer stuff uh because i believe in certain players and i want to hold them for the future for the long term Case in point, Gonzalo Ramos, right? I'm a Befica fan. I enjoy the card that I have. I like the player. I like the team. I'm not inclined to sell the card. Once in a while, I throw it on eBay like yesterday um, on Tuesday when he scored the two goals in Champions League for $1,500. I did as a joke. And nobody ever buys it, but it's a joke. The other part of it is I feel like the market's probably lost a significant amount of flippers and sellers that work here for the payday and that's not really a knock on the market on those people that do that, because at the end of the day, if we've all sold a card or cards, I have not met a person who has not sold a card yet. We're all flippers at the end of the day. So whether it's to support your own PC items um, or support cards that you want in your collection, like I do sometimes and you have to sell to get those then you do it Uh, that's part of how it is but the ecosystem is viable for everybody to support each other in some capacity or not i firmly believe that um so i'm just curious I, i know some people commented agreed they thought the data was pretty interesting uh we had some people that were kind of retractors and detractors and like i said I'm just doing my best to provide as much information as I can in a transparent fashion. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to show you there are bright sides to every valid point. Yes, the market is down, but there is opportunity if you can find it. There's a lot of it. You just got to be smart and do your research. Uh, that's the important piece to, to really kind of um, progress in the hobby and progress in. Uh, how you collect, how you buy, how you sell. Just think about those points and why they're really important. Now, I also have a post that's going to be going up either Thursday or Friday, I think. Uh, I looked at some players, specific kind of the the hot attacking players in uh, the hobby right now at the moment. Um, and I, you know, I'm talking about, I'm talking about uh, specifically Foreign Balogun, I'm talking about Benjamin Sesco. I'm talking about Victor Osaman. I'm talking about Gasol Ramos. So four players, four strikers that are hot in the hobby. Uh, in some cases, they're hot on the field. In some cases, like a Sesco, he had a hat trick this week, so he was hot kind of overnight. Uh, not really overnight, but uh, you 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 understand what I'm saying in terms of who people are chasing. I ran a report. I wanted to run a report on car letter to try to identify sales for each player from August 1st or November 30th of 2022. The reason I chose those dates and excluded December is I thought December would kind of sway my results because three of the players on that list, on this list, were not in the World Cup. So Gonzalo Ramos was there. And if you recall, he had a hat trick, which would have spiked his card sales that way. So I wanted to kind of retract uh, that data. So between the four players, you had... Um, I think it was about 15, let me think here. Let me look at this data again. So you had um 707 uh, Benjamin Sesco sales. You had 262 uh, Victor Osamine cards get sell sold, excuse me. You had 78 Gonzalo Ramos cards sell, and you had 70 Florin Balogun cards sell. So that's really interesting to me because if you look at that, the hype machine again, uh sesco commanded about 63 percent of the total market in terms of quantity of cards that were sold he uh from august through november he was the main guy uh gonzalo ramos third and i'm kind of like i can't believe he's third uh, at 78 um on my first episode of my podcast if you've been listening this long the first episode i talked about uh gonzalo ramos is a player to watch uh it looks like some people may have taken my advice. I don't know who did it, who didn't, but um, that those numbers are kind of surprising to I me. Mean, not just because of disparity. I figured Osama would be a little higher because I think people were a little excited about him. Maybe they weren't. I know I was, um, but when Sesco commands 63% of the total sales between these four players, it's really kind of jaw-dropping to me. A guy that is uh, a hype machine that's baked on – um playing in the Austrian Bundesliga which is a very low level league uh is driving kind of the sales in terms of volume on those four guys wild to me now the next piece of this I did is I took January 1st of this year through the end of February and I looked at their sales and you'll see this post on Instagram uh probably on Thursday but um you saw this drastically change quite a bit um Cisco now only accounts for thirty six percent of the sales of 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 these four players, but I'm still in shock when I look at these numbers. So Victor my two hundred six cards sold. Benjamin Cisco, two hundred three cards sold. You had Balogun with eighty seven cards sold, and then, and then in the last place, Gonzalo Ramos with only sixty three cards sold. Now, if we look at their goals plus assists. Numbers, uh, here's what I will tell you. Gonzalo Ramos is ahead of all of them. He's got 32 goals plus assist combination. Osamain's second with 25. Balugan's got 18, and Benjamin Sesko's got 14, which includes the hat trick from this weekend. So um, a few assumptions I can make here is that Sesko and Osamine cards are readily available. Uh, Balogun doesn't have a lot of cards. He's got the Prism EPL from last year. And, you know, quite frankly, uh, I would even say Balugun and Gonzalo Ramos. I think a lot of those cards are still sitting in common boxes somewhere for people that don't watch and don't know. Again, earlier in the episode, I talked about looking at replacements for other players when they move on. Darwin Nunez, perfect example. Gonzalo Ramos was the next in line to replace him, and he did at his position. Uh, And Ramos has been clinical. We saw yesterday he had two goals and champions again, and an assist, and he showed you he can really do a lot. A very diverse striker, center forward, who can even play the number 10 role, can play a left wing role if he has to. And we saw him kind of interchange in those positions yesterday and just see how good he is. I mean, you saw that dribble inside the box uh, by three or four defenders, and he nets the ball into the back of the net. So I think Ramos' pricing is still uh, pretty um, pretty cheap. Uh, Osamain's starting to get out of hand. Uh, I think he's too high at this point to, to buy it, unless you can get a really good deal. So, you know, for me, Balugun I think is still a really kind of a speculative buy, especially if he chooses the U.S., you see his cards will, will bump up quite a bit. So that was a huge data dump for you guys. Kind of your minds are probably like, what the hell is he doing? He's throwing all this data at me. I guess my kind of uh, my learning lesson here is 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 one of two things. Uh, based on performance alone, uh, Osamine and Ramos are the guys to buy. Uh, Osamine is too expensive now, so I think Ramos might still present an opportunity. Um, Ramos is uh, expected to possibly uh, move to United uh, this year, um, this summer, I should say, or another big team i think Benfica will cash in on him i think they're looking for anywhere i know at one point it was probably about 45 million somebody could have had him last summer for uh that number is probably going to inflate a lot to a lot more i'd probably say between 60 and 80 million he goes to a bigger club uh lastly um you know again i talk about this all the time but watch the games do your research on players and their performances don't just watch youtube clips to make assessments on players, do the eye test, try to recognize where their game is strong and where their game is weak. Those are important uh, things to look at significantly to improve kind of who you buy, what you uh, sell, uh, what you decide to part with because you don't need it. Uh, You know, I've done dollar auctions on whatnot where it's stuff that some people might want at a higher price and they pay the higher price, which is fine. Some stuff I'll let go for a dollar, I don't care. I got to move it to move it to buy other stuff that I want and make those decisions. But do your research. If you have questions, you know, shoot me a DM always. That's important. Uh, I can certainly help where I can uh, in helping you guys make those decisions. So if you're listening to this today, look for this, that post on uh, Thursday, I kind of break down the four players for you there with some of the data that I've gone over and it might be visually better for you to see what I'm talking about versus the way I am um, talking now about all this data that's going into your brain and like kind of um destroying your brain cells with all this data so again uh i use card letter for a lot of this information verify with other sites as well to find out pockets of patterns pockets of potential opportunity i encourage you guys to kind of take a step out and and try to Look at data from that perspective. It makes you smarter. It makes you more aware of what's going on in the hobby. So, All right, guys. Welcome to our special guest today. Hot off a two-goal performance in yesterday's Champions League game against Club Bruges. Welcome, Gonzalo Ramos, to the podcast. By the way, I'm only kidding. I wish. Welcome to the podcast, Paulo. Uh, same name as me. We have great names. Uh, Paulo, introduce yourself. Give us your Instagram handle. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, good morning, guys. Uh, my name, name is Paulo. Uh, you could follow me on IG Hoi Collector 3 Um, I started in the hobby back in the early '80s. I. Uh, I was collecting hockey, football at that time. Um, It wasn't uh, at that time uh, we were we wanted to collect the sets. So when I got back into it uh, in 2019 with soccer um, that's what what I thought that people were doing was collecting sets. But I found out that quickly that sets weren't a big thing. Um there was the parallels inserts. Uh no no there was there was, was the autos. So that was my start back into the hobby. Um as I collected hockey, football, uh some wrestling, but back in the day, I mean we had it was the a dollar Bowman hockey packs. It was uh just that, so um
0: yeah, that's how I got back into it uh that's it cool that no that's it's good to hear how people get back into collecting, obviously with the boom in twenty nineteen everybody wanted to come back in they saw opportunity uh one whether it be a hobby, something to enjoy because of the pandemic right and covid and i always hate this continue to talk about that but uh knock on wood i never got it but um we you know we look at that i you know i was back in the hobby kind of in and out myself you know in 18 i bought a ton of stickers a ton of uh world cup cards uh prism you know i saw stuff at target i was like this is kind of interesting so but um I always call you Rui because of your 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 handle on Instagram. How did you? And it's kind of interesting because there's a lot of people out there that collect particular players. And just so you guys know, uh, his Instagram is Rui R U I underscore Patricio P A T R I C I O underscore Collector PC. Obviously, a tribute to. The great Sporting goalkeeper, the great Wolverhampton goalkeeper, and now the great Jose de, Jose Mourinho's goalkeeper goalkeeper at, at Roma, uh, Rui Patricio. What made you one pick that name? Obviously, you like Rui Patricio, but and you have the most extensive Rui Patricio collection I've ever seen. But what is your your thought process behind that? Why? We all want to understand. I mean, we all have our choices, but we all want to understand, you know, why do you click Repatricio? Patricio? Why is that your handle? That your- so when I
1: I was buying into breaks base cards, nobody wanted them. I was so I had to take a turn into buying into a player. So I was seeing at that time it was all the the big name players, the Messi's, the the Ronaldo's. Um. So I went on eBay. I did a little searching. I did follow his career since the youth levels. So and so I did follow him. Um. I started with Bruno Fernandez. Bruno Fernandez was still at Sporting. I was getting some of of his cards. When he moved to Me and You, his cards just raced. Um, at that point, the the funds weren't there to buy the Fernandes cards. So I went back on eBay, Googled, um, and I started. Seeing his cards, I seen Rui Patricio, Rui Patricio. I said, you know what? He's Portuguese. He, in my opinion, he literally won us a Euro Cup. I don't care what any But he says, when we won the Euro Cup, he played a major part in that
0: tournament. And actually, but but if you hold on a second, before we get into, you know, you played for Portugal, you're Portuguese, I'm Portuguese, right? So that was part of your selection process. But what if Rui Patricio played for Benfica? Would you feel the same? Yes. (laughs) No, no, I am dead honest, dead honest. But would you you still collect Rui Patricio if you had played for Benfica? I might have. I might have. Yeah, I sensed out in that <laughs> voice there. I sensed out in that voice. And guys, yeah. if you guys don't know, if you guys don't know, I'm a Benfica fan. Paulo <laughs> Louis Patricio, he's a Sporting fan. The Crosstown Rivalries, they have a little stadium down the street from Benfica. Um, you know, so, no, the rivalry thing. It's a, seriously, in,
1: in all honesty, I'm not the type of person going, oh, I don't – I don't like that player or that player is a shady player because he plays on my arrival team. No. Just like Gonzalo Ramos yesterday, he outshined I mean, he's a monster and nobody is willing to see that and people are saying, oh, he joked it was a fluke in the World Cup. The kid is going to be a big time player. I mean, and I don't I'm not biased I'm not biased I see games I I basically see games almost every day and I'm not biased to nobody like I'm a big you man you fan yeah Arsenal Arsenal I mean uh, on Sunday Liverpool just shitted on us
0: <laughs> I it. Think, you know I think so when we talk about that and like our players right and being guys that me and you, we follow the Portuguese a lot, the league a lot. I think the generation has changed a little bit, right? Our generation has changed from our um I, I look at my dad as an example, right? He never liked, you know, if they played for Porto or Sporting, it was like, nah, I don't, I don't like the guy. You know, unless they were playing for Portugal at the moment, then they all root for them. But I think that generation generally was very like distasteful for those guys that played for those other teams. You know, I remember my dad. Losing his mind when, you know, um, Benfica, they, they lost Paulo Souza, they lost uh, João Pinto. Yeah, João Pinto. They all went over to Sporting, right? They lost yeah. their mind. They said, you should never walk in that stadium again. I think it's different now because we have, uh, and I think this is across the hobby, right? We have people that that collect certain players that play on certain teams. There isn't that hate or that, and hate's a strong word, but that dislike <laughs> for players because they play for a particular team. In the hobby now, it's
1: the player. I think it's more a, of a player favorite instead of a team favorite. Like Haaland. Uh, he was at Salzburg. He got his name at Dortmund. Everybody's on Dortmund. Dortmund, Dortmund. He went to City. Now it's... Everybody's on City. So I think... From the old timers that thought that when a player left the club it's done now into the hobby, I think it's more of the following of the player in his stats, not actually the team. Yes. You do have people out there that follow the the team and the player. But I think at this point in time in the, in the the hobby is the player.
0: Yeah, no, I I I agree with you. I agree. Totally. I mean, I'm still kind of, Um, being a Benfica fan, I'm being a little selfish here, but I'm still angry that Enzo Fernandez wanted out of Benfica, where they guaranteed him, you know, you could leave in the summer, hang out here for a while, and then what he goes to Chelsea. He's finally won two games, he hadn't lost all year when he was at Benfica. Um, and he may see them in the uh, and I said yesterday, I go, I hope he sees them. I hope we see them in the Champions League and Benfica rips them apart. Benfica, to me, is having a great year. And you and you, you, talked about Gonzalo Ramos. I talked a little bit about him before in the episode uh, that I recorded previously for today's episode. But, you know, you're right. Uh, it's not a fluke. There's no there's no rhyme or reason behind it. I run some data earlier. People probably heard it on the issue later when you listen to the episode. But... That's not a fluke that he's doing what he does. I mean, people just ignore it, and I don't understand why. (laughs) One of the things I talk about is I look at Sesco, Osamine, um, Florian Balugan, and Gonzalo Ramos. And Gonzalo Ramos, over the last three months, has the least amount of sales of those four players. I get Osamine's hot, but like, why is you know, why are people buying Sesco like four? Over Ramos, you know it's kind of crazy.
1: In my opinion, is that is that they either either or they're not watching the league, or they just over hyping those players up. And that's what I see a lot. Is I see a lot in the hobby is over over hyping players that are. Either injured or they get injured and they're still overhyped, and they're not doing nothing, or they are doing something, but there are others out there that are dominating the league, are scoring weekend yeah. week out, and they're not getting no love of the hobby. I guess.
0: Yeah, but, one of the one but, of the excuses I get always is that well, I can't watch the Portuguese League because it's not readily available. So i say, well, well, how are you watching Benjamin Cesco score goals then? Are you watching the Austrian League? Because if you're watching the Austrian League, I want to know where you're watching that. I can watch it. Uh, you can watch it because we have those tools in place that we can watch those games. But, you know, some of these guys, I don't understand. There's Where there's a will, there's a way to watch these games. And that's the problem with the hobby. We don't see enough people taking the time to spend, uh, you know, an hour and 45 minutes. Um, obviously, we do a lot more than that on the weekends watching games, but people aren't taking enough time to watch players and do the eye test to make sure. You know, you look at a guy like at Sporting, like Pedro Gonzalez, right? He got some hobby love uh, at the beginning because of he had come out in the product last year, right? And he had one of his worst seasons that year, too through injuries and whatnot. The year before, he was excellent, and he's excellent again. But the hobby isn't recognizing that. It was that chase initially. Oh, he's going to be good. Then you have people say, oh, he's too old. He's 24, you know? <laughs> it's funny. It's funny that you say that because I'm looking
1: at Pedro Gonzalo's cards right now, and this is what I got. A yeah. top Steve Ayoki auto out of 25 in a Steve Aoki auto of 49. So that's kind of funny as you said that. And, and I'm actually, it's there, there in here uh, with the technology that we, that we have now, there is no excuses of not seeing whatever league you want, want to watch. That's all I, I have to say on that part. Um, I do watch a lot of soccer. Um, I listen to podcasts. Um, Every time there's a game, I try to watch at least, at least a half. Um, So that's part. I mean, I got into soccer. It wasn't even because of my father. It was actually because of my grandfather. Um, He would take me on Saturday mornings. Sunday mornings to the local leagues around here. Um and his team in the Portuguese league was actually Academica. He was an academica fan. And um and I just started, I was probably seven, eight years old. So that was the way that I started watching soccer more. But was that the time, was that the Laza league? Yes, it was the Laza League at that time. It, it was. It was uh so and so it brings me back
0: a lot of memories. And that um, league that league, people don't people that are listening to this podcast that don't know about that league. That league is they had some really good players in that league in the early days and they had and they were they were paid, those players. They were paid, they were paid, they were fed.
1: Uh I actually know a couple of guys that actually came over from Portugal to play in this league. Um, the local league
0: Laza, they were big time in this area. And I, uh, I and I, I know these things too because I've never told you this, because my dad was associated with one of those teams back in the day. Yeah. I'll tell you offline about that sometime. Yeah. So, like, so my dad was a president of one of those teams no kidding and, and they had to he purchased the bus for that team yeah and he had players that he had to pay um but the quality of soccer was was really i mean in today's standard it's probably uh what is that the us the usnl the us uh
1: you you you, you usl probably yeah. you probably the usl2 um i remember going to games on saturday morning sunday morning it was a couple of hundred people there. Oh yeah. I mean for for a local game, for local people, there were a couple of hundred people there. Now you go to these games, you get a, I was part of a semi pro team for the last four years. We probably had a hundred people the most back back then it was you're talking four or five hundred people. Oh yeah, no seats, no seats, no benches, no nothing. Just people surrounded the whole field, Binging around. Yep, <laughs> standing around and having a go good time. But but yeah, but um, but that's the point that people don't watch the leagues. People don't watch the games. They just listen to what the others are saying. I understand it's. It's the hobby is to make money. Yes, everybody, I don't care what you're going to tell me. Oh, I'm a collector and this and that. You know what? I thought the same thing. I was a collector. You know what? You sold one card. You are flipping it.
0: Yeah, exactly. End of, story.
1: End of story. I don't care what you say. You sell one card. You are a flipper. And yep. the overhype. I mean, to me, that is nonsense. That is nonsense, and you are trying to sell a player on a one-game performance, or, or you are selling a player of what you are expecting what he's go, going to do. Now, if you're over hyping a Hazard or Cavani or Thiago Silva. Players like that that have established a career in this game, okay, that's fine, but how could you overhype a player that hasn't shown anything yet that you think you could buy that card for $60 next week? What happens if
0: he pulls an ACL? I mean, that could happen to anybody. I mean, put it this way. You know, earlier in the podcast, and when you listen to this podcast later, you're going to you're gonna hear this data, but I'm going to bring something up here. So back, I ran some numbers. Again, I talk about Fuller and Balogun, Vector Osamain, Sesco, and Gonzalo Ramos, right? Yeah. So since January through the end of February, so it was two-month kind of window, 206 Osamain cards sold, which I understand because he's having a great year. Yeah. 203 cards of sesco sold and i'm not even going to include fuller and Baligan in this he, i mean i am he sold 87 cards and gonzalo ramos sells 63 yet yeah, ramos has more goals and assists than all the other players and i'm not saying he's better than osamae wrong here i'm not saying that but yeah is, is he on par maybe a step down from him i've been notorious to say that ramos is gonna be a very good player do I think he's going to be an elite player? I don't. I think he's going to be a very, very excellent player. But I don't understand. Ramos, the numbers are there. He's got 32 goals and assists this year. And you're, people only, I mean, one of two things is happening people are holding his cards for dear life, or they're all in the commons boxes. And I think they're all in commons boxes, right?
1: In, in that situation, we cannot take no. Altamirn awesome right now, he's playing his balls out. He is in the top of the game. He's scoring left, left, and right. Um, God, man, Gonzalo Ramos. I think, I think these hobby players or uh, the people in the hobby are holding them. I think they're waiting for. I think I personally think they are actually holding them for a breakout when he gets traded or he gets sold. If he goes into the EPL, I think you're going to see more of his cards. Now, here's another thing that I it bothers me about the, the hobby is is when they come from a different league and they play two or three games, oh, they they are shit. <laughs> oh. y'all or, they're coming, a flop, or they're a flop. Right.
0: It's, let's say uh, Darwin, Darwin comer, Nunez. Darwin Nunez is a good example. We talked right. about Darwin Nunez, right? Gets to Liverpool. We were like, this guy's not good or he's not good enough. Listen, give the guy some time. We saw him at Benfica his first year. Didn't do anything. Second year turns into something.
1: I I I listen to a YouTuber every day. Um, he a he does a YouTube he has a YouTube channel of Man You and the comments that he gets about Anthony, it is crazy. It's Anthony's first year in the EPL. He came from a league that is not Not slower, but less physical, less skilled, and he's going to one of the biggest teams. And he's getting, oh, he sucks. He's not worth the $67 million, million whatever he was was sold for. Give him time. Yes, Haaland. Haaland is just another, he is just another. Story Holland is just amazing. You know I what? Know. I,
0: I've I've been pretty brutal on Anthony too, but I also and lately I haven't because again, like you said, give him a season to adjust to a new league. You have to do that. Holland is a different story, but but the my question with Holland is when is he going to score a meaningful goal? I feel like all of his goals are meaningless goals, right? All his nothing has been a goal that they needed at that moment to score. The guy who scores their goals when they need them is Bernardo Silva, or you know, or um or Foden. Right, when they need that yep. goal, those are the guys doing it. Now, next week, they're probably gonna need a meaningful goal from Holland. So he proves me wrong. Um, they got Leipzig at home, it's gonna be a tough game. Um, what do you think about the games that are gonna go on today? Bayern PSG. Tottenham, AC Milan. Give me your prediction. Um. Brian's got the one one nothing lead on the aggregate. Well, there's no more goal. There's no more goal. Right, more right.
1: Goal. Those goals are gone. Finally, I, I yeah. totally hated that. I hated the home the home and away goals. Yeah. Um. My prediction for today is Bayern. Shut down PSG. And I watched the PSG game last weekend. They don't they don't look fluent. They don't look fluent. I don't know what's missing there. Um Messi in the first 20 minutes or so disappeared. Yes, he get back into the game. Yes, they they dominated after that it was it was like 3-0 at halftime but if they if PSG doesn't come out firing in the first 15 20 minutes they're going to be in trouble yeah bayern they will stack up that midfield and the and the back i mean bayern might play with five in the back yeah, <laughs> who knows <laughs> if they play five in the back, it's going to be hard to break them down. A team like that, a very organized back five, PSG is going to have a hard time breaking
0: down that back line. And then the second game is uh, good old uh, uh Spurs and AC Milan, Antonio Conte, the Italian connection with AC Milan, right. Um, no, he, he. I mean, he's a he's a Juve guy, but um, playing a team from his country. You know, Milan goes there with a one nothing lead. Leon looked really good in that first leg. He is such a good player. Um, but Leon hasn't played that well when he's gone to England. When he's had to play in England, he, even when he played against Chelsea in the group stage, he didn't look great. uh So I'm wondering what he does uh at Spurs if he can turn it around, Leon, and have that impact that he had. You know, uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, I mean, who knows? And also on the way that Kane is
1: per- performing, it wouldn't su- surprise me if Kane just bags two goals and seals the game. Um. Yes, Leo is kind of uh falling off. Um. I don't know if his mind is already in the summer transfer window or what. Um. I believe this summer he might be moving. I, th- that- I think
0: I think he's played well the last few weeks. Actually, I just I'm just <clears throat> thinking I'm just talking about Leonor in in uh, kind of a short term kind of the when they played Chelsea uh, in in the yeah. Champions League like the group that or they he got shut down pretty bad there uh, got bottled up pretty easily. Um, but Reese James stated that he was the toughest player he's ever played against.
1: Right. 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 So, I mean, his uh,
0: speed. His speed is his speed is phenomenal.
1: He gets to the ball on his feet. He's gone. I, I, I mean, you are probably talking a handful of the defenders that could, could could probably keep up with him, and in a ninety in a ninety minute game. Imagine running
0: constantly ninety minutes and sprinting better. Back and forth, and the balls <laughs> I mean, and, the, and the ball the balls always glued to his feet. Though it just looks like he looks like he's dribbling like like you know like a messy dribbles. You know what I mean? Or an Mbappe
1: right, right. that ball with Lee, If people really see the ball at Liel's feet, is no more than eight inches. I mean that ball is like glued to the
0: his foot. And that's why in- sometimes when you watch him, right? When I watch him, sometimes I'm like, man, he looks slow out there, but he's going by these defenders at ease because he's such a big, strong player. Yeah, balls at his feet continuously. Um, so you know, we'll see what happens with him today. Hopefully, cool. something great. Um, in- you know, I, I forgot to mention something in the Byron game. Um, I was thinking about Byron's best player, right, Jamal Musiala, right, and. You know, I just thought of something. I was kind of like, well, has he really made a significant impact in the hobby? Of course he has. Has he made a significant impact in the Champions League this year? Absolutely not. He's only got two assists. He's got no goals. Perfect, perfect example. Yesterday,
1: Jude, he got shut down. Jude was even, even he said in in the interview that they had a few chances, and nothing. I mean, did, did, did he play a big part? Does he play a big part of that Duhormann team? Yes. Has he, done, has he done anything for the hobby as of scoring goals assists? No, but are their prices on demand? Yeah. I mean, are they looking at the future? 100%. What if they
0: tank? Yeah, I'm just you know I, I'm just thinking about Musiala, right? Everybody's, you know, and, and I I think he's an excellent player, but oh, he is I mean, he is he hasn't he hasn't performed in the Champions League. He's got two assists in six games, and then you look at his his Bundesliga year. He's having a great year. He's got eleven goals, eight assists in twenty two games in the Bundesliga. I mean, you got to perform in the Champions League at the highest level to be recognized, right? We saw that with Ramos yesterday. He's got now three goals, I think in the last two games uh, in the Champions League, where he only had one at one point in the group stage. But Ramos is a different type of player, a different type of striker that can play and overlap on that left wing, that center forward position. He can play at the number 10, very different. Um, so I'm interested in what Musiala does today, if they let him run at him and let him try to, like, kind of take control of the game to make things happen. That, that is like... Us watching a team in the league
1: play, they're like, oh man, they beat that that team 3-0. They go into the Champions League, they lose to a weaker thing, a weaker team that we, 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 we think. Why? These teams step up their games in the Champions League play. Into league play, Champions League league play, it's a whole different ball game. Yes, it is. That, yeah. that is something that people have to understand that coaches, if they see if they have a tough opponent in the Champions League, they will rest or play a certain minute of their guys in that league game to save their players for the Wednesday night or the Tuesday night Champions League. Champions League, they take this serious because it brings in a lot of money, and this is the trophy that everybody wants. It's just like the World Cup. the World Cup, you play in the qualification rounds and in this and that. it's it's a whole different ball game. These players play a different style in their in their league team. When they go into their country team, it doesn't even look like the same player.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, we don't have a lot of time left, so uh, yeah. I, you know I want to kind of. Um, you no know, one thing. One thing that might excite you uh, that I kind of uh, looked over yesterday when I was looking at that Benfica team, and I hate to keep talking about them because I' are not there anymore, but. You had six Portuguese guys in the starting lineup for Benfica, which is Listen, remarkable. When is the last time a Portuguese league team had? And it may be Porto, right? Two thousand four Porto that yeah. the probably had that. That is saying something for the country that we support, right? And uh, the teams that are coming out of there. There's a lot of talent in Portugal. Everybody, there, knows that. Um, there is there is a lot of a lot of talent. Uh, From what
1: I remember right now, it's the most talented young players that we see in Portugal right now. It's right now. Um, And I am actually excited because uh, we've planned a family trip out to Portugal in September and my girlfriend's cousin's husband, he actually sent me a text yesterday that we are going to go watch the Portugal national team on September eleventh in in Algarve. So I cannot wait for that. Um and I hope that we see all these young players instead of the William Carvalhos, the João Marius. Yes, they are excellent players excellent but at this point I think they shined they shined for the national team you know what give these young kids a shot at it give these Chiquinhos Ramos uh, I I mean Portugal is loaded Portugal is loaded with them so why don't you give these kids a shot at it see what they could do Instead of the... very guys. Yes, keep the keep the Jotas in there, the Bernardo Silvers in there, the Bruno's in there, but give these kids an opportunity. Let's see what they could do at the national stage.
0: Yep. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on, but I always like to ask one last question. <laughs> we have about, uh, I think, two minutes because my uh, recording is going to time out here, but... What is your passion? It doesn't have to be hobby related. It doesn't have to be, you know. What is your passion? My first
1: passion, I'll tell you the truth right now, and I believe that I haven't told you this. It's collecting soccer jerseys. I got over about four hundred soccer jerseys right now. Oh man! All different leagues, all different countries. Um. I I got I got Berfica jerseys, I got Port jerseys, I got Bayard Ajax, you name it, I probably have it. That is one of my passions that nobody
0: kinda knows except for my girlfriend and she hates it. <laughs> Very cool, man. I you know it's funny, I had a bunch of jerseys too. And like I was in college and I donated all of them like an idiot. Like I had some really good stuff and so that you know, I still have some things, but not 400, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, easy, easy, easy 400. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you. For oh on. You guys know Thank where you. to follow him. Follow him, Rory underscore Patricio underscore collector. He does stream on Whatnot occasionally, once in a while, as I do as well. Give him a follow there too as well. If you guys have questions, throw him a follow, send him DMs. I'm sure he'll answer them. Thank you, sir. All right, man. Take care. Have a good day. You Thank you for listening to another episode of special one cards. Join us again next week. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at special one cards. DM me any questions, concerns, hobby rants, or experiences you've had at shows online, something for us to kind of talk about a little bit more. Again, thank you for the support. I really do appreciate it.